Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not marijuana, but weed is tight. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing just great, Joey, and I'm excited to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's that's my go-to answer. I should have that generically written down every time. Yeah, I think you have said that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited time. to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, it. it is, It is. I guess, the, the last episode that we'll be uh, putting up before the holidays, December yep. 18th today, coming out on the 19th. Mm-hmm. Um, a little non-leaves question. Are you done all your Christmas shopping? Oh, God, no. No, yeah, because no. I always do this thing where I'm like, oh, I don't have that many things to get. And then I then I kind of look down and I go, oh, crap. What about this person? Oh, what about that? Yeah, and then it's a little bit of like, oh, you know, it'd be really nice if we did this. And then yeah. it just be, gets way too long. Yeah, yeah. Most I've done percent. the the important ones, mm-hmm. uh, but then like you know, I, I call my parents. I'm like, oh, who's gonna be there on on Sunday? And they're like, oh, this person and this kid and this kid. I'm yes, like, oh yes. shit, okay, I got some more oh, gifts to okay. get. Okay, yeah. But there's I know. this one kid that's coming that I'm not related to. It's just kind of like a a step cousin, I guess. Okay. So I've I've recently met him, but he's like 10 years old and he hates the Leafs. He's, oh, uh, for some reason, a Winnipeg Jets fan. So I'm what going the- to get him something to do with the Leafs. I haven't decided nice. yet, but I'm going to head on down to the Leaf shop uh, on Thursday and get him something. Yeah. Every niece and nephew, I try to indoctrinate in some way, slowly and surely. Yeah. Well, of yeah. course. Yeah. It's a point. All right. That's what we gotta the do. Leafs are fresh off um, a bit of a goal explosion on Saturday. Seven nothing without Austin Matthews Ooh. in the lineup. Yeah. Can't be mad about anything there. No. Holy hell. That was uh, an absolute drubbing <laughs> with Kyle Dubas coming to town. A lot of people dunking on Dubas. A I lot think of people. I think expected and natural, uh, but now we can move on. Um, a really nice follow-up to a very odd game on Thursday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Andrew, it feels like the Leafs, for whatever they are this season, yeah. are maybe the most entertaining team to watch in hockey, <laughs> whether that's a good thing or a bad yeah. thing. Like, doesn't it feel like every single game is just crazy? Yeah, yeah. There's always something about every game. And, you know, and for the most part, that means it's it's exciting to watch. It's very tough emotionally if you're a fan to watch it because we didn't have it this week. But usually what we've been having is a lot of like 3-1, 4-1 games. And then eventually they come back and uh, the, the opposing team ties it and then we go to overtime. And that's been a really reoccurring thing. And that's, you know, whether you enjoy it or not, it's exciting. You know, there, it's it's definitely you can't turn it off. You can't turn. You can't look away. So there has been exciting games. Seven nothing. That's exciting. Tons of goals. And then you know a huge comeback against Columbus Blue Jackets that kind of ultimately fails. But still, it was a comeback that's really exciting. Yeah, this team is this team is really exciting. It's a lot of on ice drama. Like in, in a in a not in a oh shit like what's going on yes. there. Kind of yes. like a, every single game seems to come down to whether it's going overtime, whether it's can't hold a lead or fighting back to erase a a big Mm -hmm. deficit. I mean, you you look at the games in Sweden, those were pretty storybook just with who's scoring and how those games are ending. Um, The Columbus Blue Jackets game, were we both not watching that? And then it was like, yeah, it's okay. We're not missing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Because it was five. It was five. Nothing. Yes. And I was at a show uh and my wife's show, I guess I should plug that my wife's show. And uh, basically I looked down at my phone. I'm like, Oh, okay. It's five, two, but there's eight minutes left. And then I, I looked at my phone and I guess the score 
didn't it, it had trouble like catching up yes. in time and all of a sudden it was five yeah. five and it couldn't tell you who had scored the goals and then it was like okay let's go to the bar let's put this on <laughs> and uh let's see what happens in overtime and then we watch you it. watch you're a classic phone watcher like you will watch on your phone due, due to situations not like oh, by choice. Yeah. you're out doing stuff or you're you know working or something like that and you like watching your phone uh that's such a that's such a good move especially like okay guys we really do need to watch this as well let's work over to the bar here a little bit yeah i mean like luckily overtime so my wife had someone opening for her yeah. and luckily overtime coincided with the changeover perfectly so my wife hadn't got on yeah. yet and it was kind of perfect i can just sit on the bar right. put my phone up i think that's key it's like something we never had as kids that like we can put the games on our phones now and it's not you know it's right. just a simple app it's not streaming anything yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. the connection isn't gonna isn't gonna fuck us um but yeah i'm yeah. totally if i if i can't sit and watch if i have to be doing something and i'm walking somewhere i will have that's it. amazing for sure. yeah, if you really does feel like the future and you attach your wireless headphones to it and you're like this is amazing what what life am i living in uh but also amazing five goals in one period holy smokes like that you know what's so funny which goal was it you said it was the third goal or the fourth goal that you're like oh okay wait this might be a real thing um i think when you make it five two and there is still over 10 yeah. minutes to play this leaves team like that, I'm like, okay, there is a, there is an interest here. I'm now going to be checking the score yep. in five seconds. And then, yeah, they didn't score with about, I think there was about seven minutes left before Jake McCabe got the third. Um, and then it's a yes. real thing. At any point when you can pull yep. the goalie with a two goal deficits, the, uh, or wh wh what's the saying? A two goal, a two goal leads the worst lead in hockey or something like that. I have a friend who says that all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's because he's a Leafs fan. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was the third goal. It was the McCabe goal. Once McCabe got one in, I'm like, whoa, okay, now something might be happening here. And then, of course, it's Matthews with the last two. But, oh, my God. You know, it's it's just, it's both, you know, it's, it's you look at it two ways. You go, ah, it's too bad that we got down 5 nothing to a very bad team. Or you could look at the result in the OT and go like, ah, it's too bad we lost. Or you could focus on, man, when they turn it on, there is there's no one better in this league that they can score five goals in a period like that just so easily. Like mm -hmm. they, you know, I, it just it's crazy. So there is still such a focus on like this team is so talented, could be so good if they want to be. Yeah, it's. I mean, that game shows you that the team's never out of it, no matter what the score is. No. And with Willie Nylander saying after the game, like, well, we know we can score five, so like, yeah, so we did. But I loved it. I loved what Sheldon said, where he was like, "I'm not challenging you guys to score five and come back in this game. I'm challenging you guys to shoot." 20 shots on net in the third period yes. get 20 shots on net and then with that you're just you're just giving a, a team that already is is uh has a plethora of shooters in the top yep. six and now what's looking like in the top nine just an opportunity to okay get pucks on net get pucks on net hit that 20 shot goal and who knows i mean maybe another bounce yeah. doesn't go your way you don't get it get it to overtime but you make it five three and you're like okay that's a good period going into our next game luckily yeah five go in you steal a point and you're like okay look what this group is capable of yeah yeah and like the Leafs have gotten in trouble in the past and you know Columbus is like a really good uh opponent that we've gotten in trouble with is just trying to be too perfect trying to do that one extra thing and the play just looks oh just absolutely like a work of art you know what just put pucks on net you guys are all very talented most of them are going to go in god 12 goals in two games you know a lot, a lot went in this week for the Leafs yeah I think um I think obviously the seven goals was a bit of a carryover from that third period yeah. just like hey we uh Kind of let a team embarrass us in the first two periods at home. Stole a point from it, but let's put the foot in the gas here. It's Saturday night. Austin Matthews out of the lineup, 
and yeah. the resilience of this team. Like, and Austin has missed some time in the past. They are 33, yes, 19 yes. and three without Austin Matthews in the lineup, which just, I mean, goes to show you that he has missed some time. I believe it was his yeah. rookie season was his only season that he played 82 games and now missing mm-hmm. his first this year. He's not going to hit that, whether that's sickness or injury. He's back. He's going to be in the line of next game. Nothing to worry about, but it just shows how how resilient this team is, how yeah. other um, assets that we have can step up in moments like that when you know you don't have 34 to bail you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just shows you the talent like, all the way around. You know, the, the bottom six that we keep talking about, uh, that is a huge focus that's been this week. And good God, when you score seven goals and you have uh, you have seven different goal scorers, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, I, I you know, it doesn't say anything about Matthews. It just says more about the team and that when given more uh, ice time, when given put in a better position to play around more talented players, you know, everyone can step up because they're all talented. It's it's a real it's a real good sign. Like it's really encouraging. It is a good sign, but it's also a sign that makes you want to shake them and be like, oh my god, we yeah. know what you're capable of. We know what you guys yeah. can do. We know the talent that this team has. Like, and it's, it's just that's what makes it so frustrating when you see certain periods or games kind of taken off you know what i mean yeah but yeah i mean that no, is I, to be expected in an 82 game season you just hope it happens as less as you see it yeah no no i think that's i think that's totally fair you know like it's good to know also the matthews can go out because of illness thank god and and you're not like oh god well just you know why even show up today you know like i think teams that are so reliant on one person will ultimately fail because you can you can no matter how good they are you know box out one person but a team that is that strong top to bottom is really tough to play against. And, you know, I, you know, I know Pittsburgh's not playing that well. I know they're not having a great season. Uh, and they're in, let's go with transition. Let's, uh, let's, let's generously <laughs> say they're in a transition period. Uh, but 7 nothing, even then, without your best player, is still very impressive. Very impressive. And, uh, yeah. you know, so Austin Matthews coming back for this next game on Tuesday. It's kind of hard to gauge what a player is going to be like in their first game after a flu. I think everyone is yeah. different. And every case is different because, hey, I mean, they're losing a lot of fluids. Their lungs aren't going to be where they need to be. And mm-hmm. maybe they're good enough to play for, what, 20, 25 minutes a night. But are they going to be at their best? The answer is probably no. But then you look at what right. Matthew Nyes did. There you go. And you're like, That's holy exactly fuck. Uh, Sheldon oh said he was God. probably good enough to play the Columbus game. But because he is a rookie, it's his first full NHL season. You're yeah. going to give him that extra day because you don't want – there's already so much on this kid's plate. He's thrust into the top six. I mean, he's playing really well. But, I mean, this is a kid who's played college hockey. That season is so much shorter than an NHL season. So right. giving him the extra day and then it just – benefits hugely like what a payoff that goal that was world-class yeah it really was it was it's it's incredible you know not only he's able to the puck protection and be able to beat the defender but the the puck placement on the goaltender like good luck and then the other one was uh the defensive domi you know who gets knocked in the back and then immediately jumps ludwig and like just jumps up and tries to beat the hell out of him it's like oh man this guy is going to be like a Toronto legend. If this is how he wants to play, this is the stuff mm-hmm. that people in Toronto just absolutely froth at the mouth for. So like this, it's and he's only going to get bigger. That's the thing too. He's still a kid. You can see the shoulders on him and then there's not much else and you're like, that kid's going to be gigantic. Yeah, for him to be doing that in his first season, he's a, a homegrown talent. And by that, I mean, he was drafted by us. Yeah, he was drafted. Uh, he's yeah. from Arizona. But to be doing that in your first season, you're already becoming this fan favorite. Like the sky's yeah. the limit with this kid. Just in terms of, he reminds me of a massive Dar- Darcy Tucker, like a massive oh, Darcy okay. Tucker. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like twice the size. 
He reminds me of like a primo or like you okay, know, like yeah, one yeah, of the, like a key you know, primo. Yeah, like Keith Primo, like one of the just huge framed guys, shoulders, you know, like, you know, can get into the corners, but also skilled enough to do, you know, it feels like Flyers had those for years and years and years. Uh, mm. But yeah, so uh, I just, it, it's so exciting to have that. Now, the weird thing is this Pittsburgh game, I, we're not going to address this because we kind of talked about it last week on the podcast and you and I both were immediately like, I don't want to keep talking about this. But Kyle Dubas is this weird territorial tribal thing where we're like, Screw that guy. You know, he left or whatever. He was fired. But uh, there, for some reason, people have this idea that he chose this, that he left. And, you know, given uh, a month of an offseason, and then they're like, penguins aren't even good. <laughs> You're like, all right. Well, I just, I don't even know what to tell you, man. Like, I'm, hey, I'm glad we won. I'm glad we won 7 nothing. But, like, the idea that we got to burn every bridge on the way in and out yeah. is just crazy to me. I mean, this is, like, the team that we are watching. Yeah, sure, Tree Living's got some footprint, uh, fingerprints on it. Sure. But it is Kyle Dubas's team, man. Like... That's that's what it is, like it or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the Matthew Nice thing. Like, it's not like Dubas is watching that. Like, fuck, that's a good player. I wish we had him. It's like, well, you drafted him. Like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, you know. So I, I'm not here to make decision. I'm Bradley Living's our GM. I stand right beside him. That's an. I'm there. My uh, my loyalty is not a question. I just don't know why. You know, we have to be so arrogant and negative about other th- people that don't like it's kind of like that he didn't want us and you're like well i don't know what to tell you man no like, I, you he know. literally said i need to talk to my family and <laughs> yeah. then we're like all right get the fuck out of here yeah, like yeah enough of this shit <laughs> like so can we silly. this was a, a gm that yeah we didn't have the playoff success that maybe we wanted no. during his tenure but like some crazy record-breaking years in the regular season for a team that's yeah. been around for over 100 years i think you got to give the man like a little bit of credit there. He's built a solid team. This isn't like it's Dave Nonis on his way out and then we're going to play uh-huh. Dave Nonis's team or John Ferguson Jr. You know what yep. I mean? Like yep. this is a, a guy who built a very solid team. Yes, we did not get the results we wanted in the playoffs. We don't have a cup to show for it. Right. But I mean, we still have that core. We're still riding out that window. This is the the window that Kyle Dubas propped open for us. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I always thought that where like when all the change happened, uh, I kept thinking, man, if we win a cup in the next two years, okay, first of all, a thousand different emotions. But Mm -hmm. one of the ones I would think about is like how we think about Kyle Dubas afterwards and go like, man, you know, kind of, he, it's kind of like a leave at a pool table. Like you set us up pretty well. And even we are now, what are we? Uh, 28 games into the season and we're and the fans were immediately like fuck that guy yeah. <laughs> oh, we're so much better and you're like oh so it wouldn't take a year we took it took 28 games before we're like that ah, old news get the hell out of here yeah i know <laughs> jesus okay well there you go answer my question i guess 28 games eh? it's like it's so funny I, I always feel like every other year i'm like the leafs have played so many more games than every other team but this year it seems like it's the opposite which is a nice I- little luxury it is a nice little luxury. It's a weird year to start a podcast because between the Sweden trip before and after, and then the week after that, they were only playing two games. So it, it felt like there was a weird three game stretch, which only means that there's going to be a big stretch of tons of games coming mm-hmm. up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're getting all the injury stuff out of the, uh, out of the way now when they are still a little bit low in games. Yep. Speaking of which, Timothy Lilligren back in the lineup. Yes. The defense is not fully healthy yet, but it's a start. The holiday miracle. Yeah, uh, the high <laughs> ankle sprain. Yeah, but a, about a four to six week time frame, like we said, because we're yep. doctors. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're doctors. Yeah, we'll see the same thing with Joe Wall. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Four to six weeks. And then when he comes back, I'll be like, exactly. That's exactly. He's doing great, everybody. <laughs> uh, it was. It felt like it came out of nowhere, though. Like you'd seen pictures of him in pads, so you knew he was practicing, even though they didn't open those to media. 
And then you thought he would have gotten, I don't know, a weekend or something like that. But they they had said the game before, like he's coming back in. You're like, whoa, yeah. okay, that that's a great surprise, especially with you know Giordano out and the, the, with the defense looking the way it did. And I'm not saying that performance wise because performance wise they've been okay, pleasantly surprised considering yeah. who we've been missing. But God damn it, Lilligren was one of our better players when he went out, so it's such an exciting thing that he's back. Yeah, we'll talk about this a bit later, but it just gives yeah. you a puck moving uh, defenseman on the second line that's yeah. a little more com- competent than Connor Timmins. That's it. <laughs> How about consistent? Well, can we go more, consistent? Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's a better word. Yeah. Sorry, Connor. Yeah. Sorry, Connor. Sorry, Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get a handwritten letter from us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 get into uh, this is egregious. This is egregious! All right. This, this is, is egregious. egregious. All right. As we all know, Leaf Nation is no stranger to any exaggeration or overreaction. That's what Toronto Media does. But yeah, it's time for us to point out, you know, why it's ridiculous and how mm-hmm. ridiculous it is. So I, I guess the big one that I've noticed, especially on Leaf Twitter over the past like little while, um, is Mitch Marner should be on the third line. <laughs> yeah, Mitch Marner should be on the third line. Yep, I don't know. No, that's absolutely it. And then some of the comments are like, well, oh, he can't be on the third line because Paul Marner would never let yeah. him be on the third line. <laughs> Oh God. oh God! Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then the contract, and then yeah, yeah. Mitchell Marner being mm-hmm. paired with Max Domi and having yeah. a game is only a plus. That is not a get Mitchell Marner on the third line. That is a Mitch Marner can play with anyone because he's one of the best players in the world, mm-hmm. like bar yeah. none. Mitch Marner, yes, I will admit, had a slow start to the season. Mitch Marner yeah. now has nine points in his pa- in his last four games. Is already nineteenth mm-hmm. in the league in scoring, and seems like he's catching fire. Mitch Marner is a top three right winger in the NHL, and mm-hmm. Mitch Marner mm-hmm. will be on any team's first line. We have a beautiful luxury that we can put him on our second line, but because we kind of have two first lines, that's the yep. beautiful luxury of being a good team. Especially good yes, team on yes. paper. <laughs> but my goodness, <laughs> for him to have and go through maybe one of his more drier uh, stretches in his sure. leaf tenure, and you're going to say, get him on the third line, that's egregious, man. Come on. That is egregious. That We're is We're talking insane. about a point machine who can play anywhere. Sure, put him on the fourth line. He'll still get two points a night. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, whatever. I, it's, so, it's so silly. I, I don't know what... Mitch Marner did to so many people to to upset them so greatly. He's still playing totally fine, and yet we are just trying to bury this guy. Third line. Why in the world would we do that? Like I, you know what? If you're going to advocate for that and you're going to be a crazy person, just say trade him. Don't even, don't even. You're showing yourself off when you go like put him on the third line. Well, you don't know anything, then clearly. Good God, third line, egregious. Yeah. Stop talking. Ugh. Move on. Stop talking. It's, it's in. Okay, so mine. Yeah, that's frustrating. I hate that one. Uh, okay, so mine is going to be. If you don't know, there's a writer for The Athletic named Jonas Siegel. He is one of the lead Leaf writers. I know James Myrtle is also the editor, so I don't know if that counts as the lead Leaf writer. Um, but he, he he follows the team. He travels with the team. And he does the majority of uh, writing for the for them team with uh, Josh Kolke as well. The J- Jonas Siegel has now had, and if you don't know this, uh, especially in Toronto media, has now had a following of people that do not like him because they believe he is a Kyle Dubas apologist. Now, this kind of ties back into what I was saying earlier, that he has become the straw man that people are trying to whack at, or the argument that didn't exist, that they're going like, it's <laughs> weak, beta cuck level of like weakness kind of thing, analytics, you know, it's everything that you want to throw in about things that people don't understand, has now has a face, and his name is Jonas Siegel. And 
I'm not even sure. Like I listen to Joe Siegel. I'll, I'll, I'll read what he writes. I think he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. I don't always agree with. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Good. I don't always agree with everything he says, but you know, for the most part, I'm like, yeah, he seems pretty rational about stuff. They have turned this man into like Frankenstein that we're trying to get out of town. And it is unbelievable to me that, that we can be, Oh, I, I understand we can be very petty. I can understand we can be very small and very, very uh, sensitive. Sometimes this is the whole point of the segment. But at the same time, I am still a little shocked that somebody just tries to make little notes about how this team could be a little bit better and people just go at him. I'm, I'm sorry. We have had people on here in the past. We've had the Nick Kiprioses and the Steve Simmons where we bring up stuff. We're like, I can't believe they're saying this. This is not one of your guys, man. This is, yeah. this is, seems like a pretty rational guy to go after. And I just do not understand the hate. I think it's embarrassing, man. I think it's truly yeah. embarrassing. And I think it's like the biggest reach in the world. They're making, they're trying to make, Leafs Twitter is trying to make Jonas Siegel out to be like Steve Simmons, Nick Kiprios, yeah. or Damian Cox. No, not even close, man. Jonas yeah, Siegel, yeah. yeah, he's paid to criticize the team, just like anyone in the media is paid to criticize the team. But his thoughts are insanely like articulate and not yeah. just like, I'm going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall like a Nick Kiprios and I'm just yeah, going to say yeah, the yeah. most ridiculous thing. Like Jonas is a very calculated analyst um, and a very calculated writer. And I know he, you know, he leans to the analytic side of a lot of things, which rubs people the wrong way. Sure. But like- I, I think we are really reaching here if if we're trying to if we're trying to make him into Toronto's uh, media villain. Like, get yeah. out of here with that. It's a, I I'm like cringing reading these tweets. It's embarrassing. It's, it is. It's it's like you know people always say you're kind of showing yourself um, your lack of confidence when you make fun of something specific out of somebody else. And this just reads like that a lot. The, the weird part is this segment is not like get off my friend Jonas Siegel. I could care less. You can make fun of whoever you want. They put themselves in the public eye. You can you can make fun of them. That's totally fine. The way you're doing it is saying something more about you than you're saying about this writer. And I just think it's like everyone needs to just kind of grow up a little bit and like be more of an adult and go like, yeah, people can criticize our team. You know, there's stuff still to criticize. And I just, I kind of, I can't believe this. So yeah. So there you go. Jonas, I hope you're okay. I don't know you. And uh, I think they're being unfair. How about that? (laughs) Egregious, man. All right. Next up, the Leafs are home to the New York Rangers playing the Rangers for the second time in two weeks, which is nice. Get a little bit of a, a narrative going here. I think the Rangers are going to come to play. I I think they were embarrassed that we beat them pretty badly in their own barn yeah. last week. And they're going to come in, try to get a nice little pre-holiday win. So you got to be ready for one of the best teams in hockey. Definitely. 100%. And yep. conversely, next, when you play Buffalo two days later, don't let your guard down. When you're playing no. one of the worst teams in hockey, go into Buffalo, see how many Leaf fans are around you, and yep. get ready to play and kill them. Because like, this is this is the type of thing that's like true to Leaf Nation is like, okay, the Rangers are coming to town. We're going to play, play them really well, hard fought game. You know, no matter how, what, whatever the score ends up being, it's going to be a hard fought game. And then you're going to go into Buffalo, a much worse team and lay an egg. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do no, that. No, 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 no. You got to, you got to set yourself up for success. The Rangers, I got, I hope so. Cause that was one of the best games the Leafs have played all year and uh, going against Sabres who are reeling and been very injured over the season. And they've not gotten what they wanted to. There was a, you know, the Sabres thing though. It's funny. We don't even talk about them. The, the natural recession that was going to come or regression, excuse me, uh, recessions on my brain. Uh, the regression mm-hmm. that's uh, coming with the Sabres was so obvious and yet still is surprising. Like, 
so many people had a career year last year and we should have been like, oh yeah, that's probably not going to happen again, right? And nope, still shocks everybody. And then <sighs> we play the Blue Jackets again. Like this is two bad teams after a good team. Man, you could have a three-win week. Come on. Yeah, you should. You should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so TJ Brody, also one of the recipients of the flu bug over the last little bit, yeah. he's having a bit of a, a longer go at recovery, but they got him on the ice today. Didn't practice with the group. They had Benoit in as a placeholder, but, um, Keith said, there's nothing to read into there. Benoit wouldn't be playing with Riley. Even if Benoit was in the lineup, looks like Brody is going to go tomorrow, Yeah, which means you get it. Or sorry, I guess today people are listening to this on Tuesday. Looks like Brody's going to mm-hmm. go on Tuesday. Um, yeah. And you're going to get probably the most balanced lineup we've seen in a while here. You got Riley Brody, McCabe, Lilly, and then Logason and Timmons. So that leaves you with uh, three solid puck-moving defensemen on one, two, and three. And then your stay-at-home responsible guy on the other side. Yeah. That's as balanced as I've seen it since, Mm -hmm. you know, everything, since the chaos sort of happened right away. Yeah. Yeah, Season opener. Season opener. Uh, which is nice, <laughs> and it's hopefully only going to get better with Geo hopefully returning yeah. sometime mid January, uh, and then yeah. you start asking yourself questions of, of what's what's the lineup going to look like? Like who who's the next man out? Is it Logason and Timmons? I'm not sure at this point. I would love to keep Logason there. I've been a big fan of his. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, and then of of course uh, the trade rumors around what Brad Tree Brad Tree Living is going to do on the defensive side. Um, have been rampant and just will continue for sure. I wonder, do you ship like, you know, I, I, I like this lineup. I'm really excited to see. Well, let's see what happens when Giordano's back. The Lodges, Lodges versus Benoit. I, I am right there with you. I, I think I would have made the same decision. Uh, even though Benoit, once again, kind of like Lagesson, just like attacks people mm-hmm. when they touch his goalie. And you're like, fuck, that's awesome. It just looks nice. so good. Uh, number two, uh, just great number two. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. And you wonder if this TANF thing is a real thing or other defensemen, other generic defensemen. You almost are at the point where you, now you need to ship somebody else out to create less of a logjam because you can't send all these guys back down uh, to the Marlies, you know, because then they would, they would crazy, create a chain reaction. And I just wonder what where they see these players internally. Like if the internal depth chart was ever exposed. I wonder in which ranking they would be. I just say it's very interesting to me. Yeah, it is. A lot of questions, a lot of decisions as we start to get healthy. But good problem to have. A bit of a not so good problem that we're having is uh, in net. Yeah. Martin Jones, thank you. Mm -hmm. Martin Jones, Mm -hmm. thank you very much. Uh, Martin Jones has played two and a half games and has looked amazing. (laughs) He has a sub two, uh, goals against average, and a... Very high 940s or 950s save percentage. Something really good. He has been solid. Like, thank you, Martin Jones, um, for being a wonderful safety blanket for us. But it now asks the question of what are we going to do with Ilya Samsonov? And more importantly, if Joe Wall comes back and Ilya Samsonov is still playing this way, then what do you do? Then is Martin Jones your backup and you are exploring a way to get... Ilya Samsonov off your team or like, or is this no Martin Jones goes back down to the Marlies and Ilya's your backup. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I, you know, I don't want to, this is, this is a very rich person's problem, but the Marlies also have two incredible goaltenders right now. Dennis you know, Hildeby, man. Hildeby, Dennis Hildeby. Hildeby looks awesome. You know, Keith Petras, how he played a great, another good game last night. Like I, I, I don't know. There, there's a weird place where Ilya Samsonov on a one-year contract, there's nothing owed to him after this. 
could be just a trade target just for somebody else, mm -hmm. just a, like a late round pick. Cause you're not going to get much from at this point either. There's no contract. So nothing, but that's, that's great. And all, and not playing Sammy cause he's not playing great. Totally understand that. But isn't it a weird thing to go like, yeah, we feel really good about a Joe wall, Martin Jones tandem that we're going to run into the playoffs with. Like, doesn't that also give you a little bit of nerves? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even though I'm playing well, fine. You know, um, I, I just hope, I just hope over the next three to four weeks, he figures it out. Yeah. And we just yeah. get some sign of positivity in his game, in his confidence, and and not just um, spurts, but consistency, yeah. because we haven't seen any consistency from Ilya Samsonov. He no. gives you one game, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe it's turned the corner, and then it's another disaster. Um, yeah. I think... If he is still playing the way he is currently playing when Joe Wall gets back, I think it forces their hand to make a move um, because you can't have mm -hmm. him playing that bad when you have Martin Jones, who by all accounts, I mean, it's a, an incredibly small sample size, but there's just been small, no yeah. consistency on the Ilya Samsonov end. And I think unless he turns it around over the next three, four weeks, you're going to force Brad, you're living to make a move. That's what I think is. Good. I know it. The Jones thing just scares me because it is a, such a small sample size. And when he played for Seattle, they won a bunch of games, which was great. But his numbers are not good. Like mm -hmm. the save percentage is bad. The goals against average was bad. And they won, you know, and that's it's, you know, it's like pitcher stats too. Like, you know, it, you can get wins. It doesn't mean it was all you. And so I just I, I it does scare me a little bit. But as a backup, he's he's definitely showing that he can be the backup. Like I just worry about him getting like a majority of starts or a mm -hmm. healthy share of starts. That's the thing that scares me. Yeah. And to your point with wins, like Ilya Samsonov has only lost one game in regulation all season. Isn't that a crazy stat? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's just so nuts. Yeah. That's so nuts. One game in overtime, in he's played awful. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like where is the yeah. big save? Um, Holy smokes. Yeah. Wins aren't a goalie stat. They just aren't. Yeah. I love that. See, that should be, yeah, we'll make that into a t-shirt. That is absolutely it because you look at these sometimes and this used to be like all you needed just to give away awards. You're like, well, oh, let's look at the wins. Yep, that's the best goalie. And you're like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, depends on what position they're putting, being put in. And I think Martin Jones, I think we've seen that obviously with analytics. Watch out, Jonas, watch out. But is that <laughs> analytics, you know, is that is that Martin Jones did win all those games and then had trouble finding a job because, you know, people are like, well, it wasn't all you, man. Now showing that behind a pretty good defensive forward and, 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 and defensive group that he can be playing okay. You know, we obviously got to get five to seven to ten games mm -hmm. out of him to start seeing this kind of stuff. But what we've seen so far is really encouraging. It's encouraging and it's encouraging and it just makes me just hope that Ilya Samsonov can just turn it around sometime soon. Yeah. I don't know. I remember him saying either it was last year or the year before, like when they uh, when he played against Justerk and it really like upped his game. He was like, I really want to go against my Russian counterpart and like who is huh. supposed to be, you know, whether you agree if uh, Shesterkin's the best goal in the league, top three or, you know, he's up sure. there. Yeah, somewhere there. Up there. Yeah. Um, and I think Ilya like took that as a challenge last year. This was last year okay. because it's it's only been one and a half the years only... with Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, but basically <laughs> what I'm getting at is maybe they give him the start on Tuesday um, and see what he can do with that challenge. Say, okay, yeah, you're going up against Chesty and uh, play it, man. Like play for it. Play for your reputation I think that, back. 
that makes a ton of sense. If you're doing the prediction game of where you're going to see the starts, I think that makes a ton of sense to put Samsonov in against the Rangers because if it doesn't go really well, you can bounce back with your backup with Martin Jones against a bad team or not playing well team. And then, you know, it sets you yourself up for a little bit more success mm-hmm. instead of Samsonov coming on against the Buffalo Sabres and absolutely laying an egg. And then you're like, fuck, now what do I do with this guy? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I guess I'd like to see that. Give, give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I say, uh, cautiously. <laughs> All right. All right. It's time for the numbers game. A game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember Leafs from Eras Past and what number they wore. Joey is currently 23 for 24, but each player he gets wrong. Between now and the All-Star break, Joey will donate $10 to the You Could Play Project, a foundation working to ensure safety and the inclusion for all who participate in sports. Joey, are you ready? I'm ready to pause and let okay, people so at home. I got an idea for this one. Okay. I'm going to count you down from five. So, oh, Dallas, shit. Okay. okay, in five seconds, I need your answer. Four, three, two, one. And then you give me your answer. Okay, gotcha. Because, and this, if this is your first episode, Joey has shown a little bit of petulance about waiting for the people at home to come up with the answer as well. Fair. He wants everyone to know he got it quickly. I, and I, I no that. one's doubting, based, yeah. on 20 for, based on 23 for 24, no one is doubting he knows these. So we're going to go back all the way to 2009. Uh, okay. teammates, we usually do two, we usually do teammates, okay. so we're going right. to do All two right. players. This first one, I had to double check into the, uh, the record book to see if we had done before, because it felt like we had, but it turns out we hadn't. We're going to go with Mikhail Grabowski. 84. In f- Have we not done Grabowski? Oh, oh, shit, I forgot Jesus. to wait. I forgot to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Have we not done Grabo? Sorry. Not, not, it might... <laughs> It might have been in one of the many practice episodes we did before releasing anything, but uh, I couldn't find a record of it. Okay, so sorry. Okay, the five second. It was, no, it's a good strategy for the five second thing. We'll see. We're going to use it for this next player. Yeah. Well, now That's I'll of course, think yes. about. Yeah. Now I'll use my yes. mistake and and uh, doing that quickly. We'll all I'll, learn from our I'll mistakes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, Joey did not make a mistake. So he is again one for one so far. Twenty four <laughs> for twenty five in the season. Let's do our second player here. His 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 teammate. Lee Stepniak. We're going to get that answer in five, four, three, two, one. Joey laid on me. I believe Lee Stepniak wore number 12. He did wear number 12. You are correct. He is two for two. Um, he can't be stopped. 25 for 26 on the season. Incredible stuff. Was it Lee Stepniak when we traded him? He went on like a crazy point per game pace with the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, it's, yes, that, that does sound right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Amazing stuff. It's like my Lee only memory Stepniak. of Lee Stepniak. Lee Stepniak does not sound like a hockey player, though. It sounds like, a, I don't know, an accountant or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Stepniak, Lee Stepniak. I don't know. Some NHL news, some big NHL news. Ottawa fires yeah. DJ Smith. Um, and I guess, sh- shockingly, uh, anyone who's uh, my generation, our generation, yep. Jacques Martin is back. Jacques Martin, Jacques Martin is, is back. Is back, and Daniel Albertson <laughs> is his assistant. Holy shit! Crazy. It's just okay. This is crazy for so many reasons. You you had gotten word that Jacques Martin was an advisor to the front office or something like that, some very like very nebulous position. And you're like, "Whoa, Jacques Martin! I haven't heard that name in a very long time." And then DJ Smith is fired, and they immediately make him the interim head coach. You're like, "Whoa!" My head was spinning. Like so, Jacques Martin's last game coaching the Auto Senators. I was in person. It was, uh, I was there in person. It was game seven in Mm. 04 before the lockout with a uh, beautiful Toronto win. I don't know if you remember that game, but Patrick Laleem forgot how to play goalie. And Joe Neuendijk scored like two identical goals coming down the left side. On the boards. Yeah, firing a a puck on net. And if you look at, like, go back and watch this. 
The first goal that he scores, Patrick Aleem, it's blocker side, and tries to catch it with his glove. He reaches over Reach, and yeah. tries to catch it and misses it. Don't know why any goalie is doing that ever, let alone a goalie in Game 7 of the playoffs. Um, and then the second one, he just tries to close his legs together. Like, he instantly <laughs> becomes a goalie from the 70s where he's like, I'm not going down. I went down last time. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I'm going to do, Joe Newendike. I'm going to put my legs together. Take that. I'll yeah. stop that. No, it went right through. There you go. Like, right through. Leafs win easy. Uh, go on to lose against Philly in the second round. Jeremy Roenick dancing feet. Now I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I saw that clip going around uh, today when people were saying Jock Martin's last game was this one. And you, Newendike is on the boards and puts it in. And you, and I forgot immediately. I'm like, oh, Patrick O'Lean, Mar- uh, Marvin the Martian. I, I totally understood yeah. every part of it. Immediately, I was like, oh, man. So that's how that's how long ago we're talking about. We were talking about 17 years ago since he was been a head coach of, of a hockey team. And, uh, or at least Ottawa, at least. Isn't it 20? 19? 19 years ago. Oh, four, right? That was over. oh before 19 years ago. I'm yeah. so sorry. And 19 years ago. And it's just it's just remarkable that he is back. This is like a weird time portal. Uh I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going crazy or showing my age. I can't tell. It's it's I don't want to laugh at Ottawa, but it's funny. Well, it is so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's very Oh funny. my God. It's so funny. And okay, this is the part I want to kind of get to. The DJ Smith of this all, like I DJ Smith. Whatever, seems like a nice guy. That's not what we're here to talk about. But he's, this did not work, and it wasn't working for years. And I just don't understand the timing of this. They are absolutely bottoming out again. They have no chance at the yeah. playoffs. Why? Why? What? I just, this is the kind of middle thing. I just don't understand firing your coach when you're in the second half of the season and you're not going to be good. If you don't want to be good, don't be good. Use your bad coach to get a better draft pick, and then at the end of the year, Axum, who cares? Now you're just paying an extra guy. I just don't. I just don't get any part of this. Yeah, it was like the re- the rebuild was there for Ottawa a few years ago, and then you're like, okay, there are some pieces. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're going to take some yep. steps, and then you're like, okay, maybe they're going to take some steps next year, and they're like, oh no, maybe it's going to be the following year after that that they take a step, and it's oh no, they're going to take a step this year, and they haven't yes. taken a single step. Um, it's tough. Ottawa's in a bad. It's spot tough right now. They're in a bad. Spot. I just. This is a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast, so like I have to do a little bit of tap dancing here because the, for years people have been, yeah, for years people have been saying like, oh, just watch out though, Ottawa's going to overtake Toronto, just wait, oh, just wait, don't you worry. And I understand there's a little brother syndrome to this. I totally get that. Yeah, and you're kind of like, it's 2023, what do you guys think? Oh, another coach? Maybe another coach will do it. Yeah, 100%. You are going to rebuild again before you start being good. Like this is, this is crazy to me. So I just... The fact that they are awful, like really, really bad, is just kind of funny to me. And I know that's, that's bad. You shouldn't laugh at other people's misfortune. But like, come on. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, it is funny. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. So stupid. All right, last thing before we go. Um, so the NHL doesn't do games on Christmas Day, but let's, you know, let's have some fun. And let's imagine a world. Yeah, that let's they imagine did, yeah. a world like the NBA or the NFL where you have a, a Christmas triple header. All right, so a game at noon, a game at four, and a game at eight. So what is your Uh, ideal Christmas triple header in the NHL? I'm going to start in the middle. I'm going to start at the four o'clock and say you should do Calgary-Edmonton because that'll be a noon game for them. It's a good time for a good Christmas day. Uh, we, we have a family tradition. We always go to the Marley's game on Boxing Day. So it's like right in the middle of the day, right at noon. And I think that's just a great time to go and see hockey and the rest of the, the country can watch instead of playing at like 11 o'clock at night and everyone doesn't care at that point anymore. <laughs> so I would say do that in the middle because those teams are usually 
relatively competitive together at the same time. And so it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do, you know, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, so I don't want to spoil it. But if you do Toronto Montreal, it's like, that's a great rivalry, but very seldomly have they been good at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair. So I just, you yeah, know, you want a competitive o'clock. game, right? Calgary Edmonton. That's before four o'clock. All right. What, yeah. what else are you doing? I would do, uh, I would do an original six. I would do Boston and New York. I would do Rangers, uh, Bruins. I know that's not a natural rivalry, but I think those are two really good competitive teams, especially this year. And I think the play, the way that they play would be a really good one. So let's put that on prime time. Eight and o'clock. then one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the eight o'clock, the prime time game. Mm-hmm. And the one o'clock, you got to do like a futures or like new game or like new. Ah, shit. You know what I mean? I screwed this up because I would love to see Vegas and Colorado, but playing them at one o'clock means they would start at like 9 a.m. or something like that. So uh, that doesn't work. So let, you know what? <laughs> we'll flip those two. The East Coast game will go on at one o'clock and we'll do Colorado and Vegas at the late game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I would do the same thing every year. It's like, okay, okay. These, are, oh. these are the exact same matchups every single year. And I would okay. cut Boston versus New York one o'clock. Okay. Hey. That's your one o'clock game. I think at four o'clock you go Detroit, Chicago. Oh, okay. And if yep. you sense what I'm doing here, I think it's always mm-hmm. an original six Christmas day slate, 8 PM Toronto, Montreal. And wow. What I would do would be have that same slate, same matchups every single uh, Christmas, and you just flip yeah. who's home and who's away every single year. Um, ah. That would be my ideal fantasy land schedule that's never going to happen because the NHL doesn't play on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, the, the NHL still runs like a 1950s corporation where they're like, no trades during the holiday season, yeah. gentlemen. You know, like, you know, like, or everyone gets four days off. Please go home and spend time with your families. That, that's December great. December 20th, like, the trade freeze is on. <laughs> I'm Lou Lamorello. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, everyone put on your neckties and go home on the train. I it just uh yeah, it still feels like a small organization. I totally with you. I think the way that you could do it is by having three teams that always play on Christmas hosting it, kind of like the Detroit Lions always play on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. And you can at least have like a, a, a benchmark of who can always play, and then the new exciting team can come play them and mm-hmm. do something like that. Yeah. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. I like yeah, I like the way you're thinking with that one. Yeah, it's a fun little, fun little happy fantasy land over there. Yeah, in my brain. exactly. <laughs> All right, so we are not going to be recording another episode before the holidays. So yes. we are coming back, recording on the 28th, hoping to have it out that same day, Thursday the 28th, or is that a Wednesday? No, it's a Thursday. Thursday it's the 28th Thursday of December. <laughs> uh, but as for today, that is all the time we have. So if you've made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening and go Leafs go. Happy holidays. Go Leafs go. You can follow us on Twitter at goodbudspod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Mexico. Adelaide is available when you find feel music. better like you wanted to then. I know we haven't talked. I know we haven't talked in a while, but my hands and miss the feel of your cold black hair.